You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Peacock and Williamson Thursday edition. Our guest today, just like every Thursday, is Chris Ravon of the Action Network. He's going to give us his six-pack of best bets for the Week 10 Sunday schedule. And Matt and I will preview Thursday night football. It's a good one in the AFC South, Titans and Colts. This football season has been different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, at Williamson NFL. Matt Williamson is a must-follow. Matt, before Chris joins us on the show to look at the Sunday games, let's take a look at Thursday Night Football, which uh, is a doozy here, and major playoff implications and seeding. In the AFC South, it is the 5-3 and three Colts at the 6-2 and two Titans. Huge game tonight. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Rivals in the division, the top two teams in the division, massive playoff implications. You know, the Titans, they play the Colts this week, then they get the Ravens, then they get the Colts again. So it's time to play your best football, and it'll have massive, you know, ramifications down the line here. So I am excited for this one. And a lot of stats where... Things the Titans are good at, so is the Colts' defense, and vice versa. So I think it's going to be a close game. Even if, let's say, it's home and home and the Titans split with the Colts, that's a really good scenario. You could even lose to the Ravens. Look at how the Titans' schedule finishes up for the season. You've got Browns, Jaguars, Lions, Packers is a tough one, and Texans. If they win the winnable games the rest of the way, they should be in pretty darn good shape as they sit already at 6-2. and Yeah, and they have a one-game lead over the Colts as we speak, so... I mean, they they have kind of one in, in hand. So they win tonight. They're in real good shape. How do you see this game tonight? Uh, the, the Colts are a team that has kept a lot of games close. I think they laid a little bit of an egg last week against the Ravens, which could have been an opportunity for them to say, yeah, we're among or maybe, you know, top couple teams here in the AFC. I don't really know how to seed either one of these teams right now. And, and maybe Thursday night will will give us a lot of those answers. Yeah. Again, I don't feel like I have a wonderful hold on either one of these teams. You know, I, I don't trust Rivers. I keep coming back to that. The, the Colts have not run the football extremely well to, to help him. You know, Taylor hasn't stepped up. I feel like they are short on weapons. But their defense is quite good. That being said, these are the offenses. I know the Colts' defense on, on paper is phenomenal. But they've played the Jags, the Vikes before the Vikes were good. You know, in week two, the Jets, the Bears, the Browns, the Bengals, Lions, and then the Ravens. So we're pretty deep into the season. Half their games have been played, and I don't know if they've played a top 15 or 16 offense yet. So I think it's a good defense. I, I like the scheme, but it also wouldn't shock me. We've seen the Steelers, the Bucks, some of these teams that we think are good defenses have some stinkers against good offenses. It wouldn't shock me if Henry runs on these guys, if A.J. Brown's hard to contend with. I give Tannehill the quarterback edge. So I'm leaning towards Tennessee in a really close one, and I always like the home team on a short week because you get basically an extra practice. And this is an even pick game too. That makes me think that 
Vegas has the Colts as the the better team, right? And and they're giving the Titans a few yeah. points as the home the home team here, which is interesting. I wouldn't have thought that would have been the case. So uh, if it's an even pick 'em game, short week, I'm with you. I think I gotta lean the Titans way. Although this is one of those games where I don't have a you know a strong feel or a rooting interest. I kind of want to sit back and hope for a really nice primetime game, and I think that's maybe what we'll get here. I'm leaning towards that too. Like. I know we'll talk betting and stuff later in the show. I probably won't touch this one. Um, I'm a little shocked that the lines moved quite as much as it has, but I think it's just going to be a fun sit back and you know have a cold one and watch two pretty evenly matched rivals go at it. And last little nugget I have here is Tennessee's pass rush has been so bad, and um, the Colts are allowing the fewest sacks in the league. So I, I didn't say good things about Rivers, but if he's not under duress and can sit there and pat the ball, I mean, he's a veteran accomplished quarterback that'll pick apart any defense. Right. If you give him that kind of time. And the Titans waved Vic Beasley. And so yeah. it's up to Harold Landry. It's up to Simmons. Uh, Clowney's nicked up. So uh, that's, uh, that's a big factor, I think, for this Tennessee Titans team right now is they've got to start getting after the quarterback. Good call. Yes. Last note, note for tonight, too, and I think everyone should know this by now about Tennessee. Terrible on special teams. Colts have a huge special teams advantage in a you know tight game. I think that's really important. For those fantasy players out there that can't figure out the Colts run game, are you starting Taylor? Are you starting Wilkins? Uh, Naeem Hines in a PPR league might have more value than both of them. I was asked to write an article about this. It probably comes out today on Pro Football Network. And I've been wanting to jump on Jonathan Taylor, and I've written articles earlier in the year. He's going to be a league winner. Buy him now while you still can. I think Wilkins is better right now. I, I bet Wilkins is their leading rusher tonight, and I bet he out-touches them about 2-1. to one. I mean, they need to win. They can't be cultivating rookies for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. they got to play the best guys. Wilkins is getting a lot more yardage on his own, and Hines is clearly the receiving back, you know, that Rivers loves. So uh, may, I, I kind of hope I'm wrong, and Taylor just takes his thing by the throat and rushes for 150 every day because he's capable, but Wilkins is much better right now. Interesting. I'm going with Hines. I've got Hines starting in one of my leagues that I actually have Taylor in, too. So that's where I'm going with it. We'll see what happens. It should be a good one Thursday night. Let's get with Chris Raybon now. Talk Sunday football games. See which games he likes to bet on in Week 10. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I've talked about it before. I watch all day long football. It is my job, and I uh, take notes, and I watch every single game that I can, and then I go back later in the week and watch every single bit of games that I missed and stuff that um, I want to go back and watch with the 49ers. So I need a lot of refreshment Sundays. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. One of the industries that's being hit really hard right now during this pandemic is the restaurant biz. And it's something that's very close to my heart. I've worked in the restaurant business for uh, many years as, and some of that as a delivery driver. 
in fact. Bartender, uh, you name it, I've done just about every job there is to do at bars and restaurants. And it's rough to not be able to go out to bars and restaurants as much or at all anymore. So you can continue to support restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is super easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and food will be left safely on your doorstep. New contact list delivery drop-off setting as well on the DoorDash app. Over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. The best part is right now our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Locked On Again, that's code Locked On. $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app. Don't forget, that's code locked on for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Joining us once again on Thursdays, as he does every week throughout the season, making his six pack of best bets for Sunday. That is Chris Raybon of the Action Network. You can find him on Twitter at Chris Raybon. You can also find the Action Sports Network betting podcast with he and his co host, where they originally come up with these. Picks. Chris, welcome to the show once again. We're still in the money, all three of us, you, me, Matt. Uh, we're, we're above 500, well above 500. We're doing well with our picks this year. Let's keep it going for another week. Yeah, how's it going, guys? Uh, the Cowboys finally covered last week, so yeah. that was uh, that was interesting. <laughs> one of, one yeah. of your picks, too. Congratulations on that one. Well done. That was Stucky. I can't, I can't, I can't take credit for that one, but uh, yeah, man. I don't know if there's any big storylines we should talk about from the last week or the first half of the season. Is there anything big standing out to you before we get into the week 10? One thing I want to throw out, if you don't mind, Chris, I'm sure you're on top of this, but tonight's line has moved dramatically, hasn't it? Yeah. Shocking at all? Yeah. I don't think it's shocking. I, you know, the Colts have been kind of this, you know, a lot of the big money people have been on the Colts uh, a lot of the year, and and they were on the Colts last week, and the line moved, if you remember correctly. And then mm. the Colts lost by two touchdowns to the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, a lot of times you see like these, like the big money uh, is is a little bit stubborn at times, and you'll see them kind of hammer a game if they lost the week before. Um, you know, just not thinking that the team will you know blow it two weeks in a row. But um, it's also kind of been moving between you know the Colts. Uh, underdogs by a point or two to the Titans, uh, you know, plus one or so. So that's not actually as big of a move as it seems, even though the, the favorite is shifting because it's still movement between the key numbers of three uh, on either side. And so okay. you'll, you'll see that in certain games. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that were to happen in the Seattle game against the Rams, the, the uh, Arizona Buffalo game. But uh, it's not as even though it's kind of weird because you're seeing like the favorite change to the underdog. It's not it's not as huge of a move. It's kind of the same thing as like you have the key numbers between uh, three and seven. So sometimes the line will shift, you know, you know, four and a half, five, five and a half. It's kind of the same thing. It's just a little more jarring because the favorite is shifting. That makes perfect sense. Is it me or are both the Colts and Titans weird this year where they have both have good records? I feel like they haven't covered that many times, though. Yeah, they both have struggled uh, at times. Uh, I think the Colts, I mean, I've been low on the Colts coming into the year. I, I bet the under on their win total of nine and a half. I just thought they were being 
uh, overrated, you know, partly because they played in a, a division with the Jaguars, who of course they lost to, but uh, the <laughs> Titans, they have a lot higher upside, I think, but uh, they're banged up right now as well. They, they keep finding a way to get it done uh, most weeks. So it uh, should be an interesting game. I'm actually excited to watch and see how that, that Titans offense matches up against that, that Colts defense. Yeah, very interesting little pick'em game there in the AFC South. But let's get to Sunday's games. Chris, what do you have for us? Who's your first selection in this week's Sunday six-pack? Well, Matt will like this. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, (laughs) Coming off the devastating, embarrassing loss on national television Thursday night against the Packers. Uh, Just first of all, this is a great spot in terms of public perception uh, because you had the Niners get crushed on national TV. And then you had the Saints, who not everyone was confident in, uh, go in there and just destroy, destroy Tampa Bay uh, on Sunday night football, also primetime game. But I like San Francisco in this spot. They for for one, they have uh, you know extra prep, extra rest. They're getting a, they're getting a lot of players back off that COVID list. Uh, their their uh, wide receiver should be healthy. You have Debo, Ayuk, uh, Jordan Reed should be a bigger part of the game plan per Kyle Shanahan this week. So, and Nick Mullins, let's not forget, is still uh, a quarterback who, despite being a backup, he's well over eight yards per attempt for his career. So, you actually have a pretty decent offense uh, when you're healthy for San Francisco, and the emergence of Richie James Jr. will only help that. Uh, and then for the Saints, you have like a natural kind of letdown spot. Uh, anyway, uh, just ba- you know, coming into that uh, off that big Monday night, uh, excuse me, Sunday night game. Uh, but you also a little uh, guys not practicing. You have a short week of prep uh, and a, real, a, a coaching matchup where you know usually the Saints have the clear advantage in that area. But Kyle Shanahan, one of the better coaches in this league, uh, and he's uh, well over. Uh, he's at 57% covering as an underdog uh, and 59% as a road dog, uh, excuse me, 62% as a road dog against the spread in his career. And what was the number you locked this one in at? Because it's creeping towards 10 points. And I was thinking, man, uh, you got to favor the Saints here, obviously at home. It's the first time the 49ers will play in front of fans this season, but the number starts to get so big and, and I'm with you. The 49ers can at least keep this closer than, you know, a touchdown and a field goal. Yeah, uh, we got a nine and a half. Uh, if, if you can get a 10, I would recommend it. 10, 7, uh, and 3 are, you know, key numbers worth buying on to. Like if you have to pay, let's say, 120 minus 120 juice, uh, I would recommend it. But for the purposes of the podcast, nine and a half. All right, we got the 49ers over the Saints getting nine and a half points. It was the game of the year, I think, in the regular season last year. 49ers missing a lot of parts. Hopefully that, that can be another fun one there in New Orleans. All right, what is the second on the week 10 Sunday six pack the other side of that uh Sunday night game the Bucks coming off the uh, embarrassing loss to to the Saints of uh, minus five against the Carolina Panthers who came off a kind of impressive keep it close uh game you know where they they had a chance to win against the Kansas City Chiefs so uh, another one where I think you know the public is going to be on the the Panthers but you look at Tom Brady and, and kind of how he rebounds in these situations. And throughout his career, after a loss, he's uh, 32 and 12 against the spread the next week, 73%. And uh, I, I tweeted about this and, and talked about it on the podcast. But as I'm watching that game uh, for the, you know, on Sunday night, and, and I had the the Saints in the under, so I was happy about it. But I, I just can't help thinking, I'm like, 
what time does Tom Brady go to bed? And so I Googled it. And, <laughs> and sure enough, he goes to bed at 830. And, you know, you look at the last two games the Bucks have played and they both been in prime time. And it felt like the, they slept through. They slept walked through. I mean, Tom Brady's targeting Jaden Mickens, you know, two weeks ago, more than like his good receivers. And, and last week, just three picks and just bad, bad football from the Bucks. So uh, I, would, I would expect a rebound. Bruce Arians off a loss. 62 percent uh, against the spread, twenty five uh, and fifteen in his career. So uh, just I think a, a a kind of bounce back spot for the Bucks, who are the clearly superior team and have kind of been a totally different team in prime time than they've been in the, in Sunday afternoon. Well, those old guys have to be at a, you know at the big boy burger shop at four thirty <laughs> and get uh, get his avocado ice cream by six thirty and. It gets out and tucks them in, you know. I mean, it's, you know, it's, oh, it's, man. It's not a beauty rest. TB12 does not operate after eight eight o'clock p.m. Yes. Not the night <laughs> out. My two year old son goes to bed at about eight thirty two, and yeah, he's a mess in prime time. So I can see how that would cool. <laughs> he doesn't operate well around ten thirty. No, night. he does not. He absolutely he does not. Oh, All right, we've man. got the Niners and the Bucks on bounce backs. Who's pick number three for your Sunday six pack? Going with the Houston Texans plus three and a half uh, against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, love getting the hook here. Uh, I would have bet this at three, but getting the, the extra half point. Listen, you look at kind of the Texans and they've really been bad against the spread this year. I think they're one in seven. Uh, we always should kind of raise a, a, a red flag because teams usually aren't going to finish the season like, you know, three and 13 against the spread. It just doesn't happen. The, the lines adjust, but uh, you have the public kind of, Hit, hitting Cleveland because it's like, oh, Cleveland had a bye. You know, it may be able to windy. They can run. And that was the same thing we said a couple weeks ago. And Cleveland went out and scored six points against the Raiders, you know, in a game that should have, you know, should have favored them because they have the better running attack and, and, and whatnot. So I love Houston in this spot because you look at Cleveland and uh, the, the loss of Odell Beckham, I think, still is going to loom large because the passing game is a struggle, like running running or not. And we know that the running game is just, you know, statistically speaking, a lot less in, uh, impactful of point differential than is the passing game. And Deshaun Watson has been one of the, the top quarterbacks in yards per attempt. Uh, I just think that if Houston can play and outscore Cleveland, like we're going to see Cleveland run the ball in Houston. Everyone does. Uh, you know, that's, that's going to be – uh, kind of a, a reality, but uh, I think you can get a little bit of pressure here uh, on Mayfield, which always throws him off. He's missed some practice time. Uh, and uh, this Houston team has been a lot more competitive uh, with Romeo Cornell. Let's not forget they had the hardest schedule to start the year. And then they lost two games that could have gone either way, that Minnesota game and that uh, Titans improbable comeback game. So like this Houston team, clearly not as bad as we think Cleveland has beat Washington, uh uh-huh. they beat they barely beat Cincinnati twice and they beat a, a Cowboys team that we now know is is bad and then Philip Rivers gives them nine points a pick six and a safety and they win that game by nine points there's, <laughs> there's nothing on their resume that suggests that sh- they should be more than a field goal favorite against another like kind of middling team like they're these are just two middling teams it could go either way uh Cleveland should be at most, I think, you know, two. And home field advantage has been down this year, by the way. Like, home field road teams, I believe, are, like, over 60% straight up uh, this year. Uh, so, like, home field is not even worth three. It's worth probably one and a half-ish. And so that's what I think this line should be. Uh, and, and Cleveland's getting kind of this benefit of the doubt that I don't think they should be. 
I think you said a lot of good stuff there, and I believe Cleveland isn't as good as public perception thinks, and I think Houston's better than public perception thinks. But when I think betting, one thing about the Browns is, can the Browns run on this defense, and can this defense rush Baker and make him uncomfortable? And I think both those answers favor the Browns. But you mentioned Romeo. Romeo has nothing to lose. He's an old man that goes to bed at 832. And <laughs> 10 a.m. <laughs> Pacific time start. coaching job or not, I bet he brings the house and sells out without Odell out there. Yeah, and I mean, I'm just, I'm just going off, and I've been pretty good with the Browns this year, like in terms of betting them. Like, you know, some teams I'm just always wrong on. Like, it, it, every once in a while, like you, you'll get a team if you bet a lot that like you just never hit on. But you know, I had the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Browns, and then it went the Raiders game was when every I was on like an island. Like everyone's like. The, the Browns can run on the Raiders. The Raiders will get no pressure on the Browns, and it's windy. That's exactly the same narrative that is happening in this game. Uh, and we're getting we're getting three we're getting even more. We're getting three and a half instead of I think it was two and a half with the Raiders. So uh, going with uh, Houston here. Looking like some weather, maybe some rain there as well, right in yep. the forecast. So uh, that's going to be an interesting one. The Browns, the 49ers, and Bucks. More with Chris Raybon of Action Network coming up. We'll finish up the Week Ten Sunday Six Pack. Are you hitting a wall as we reach the halfway point of the NFL season? Are you hitting a wall in your afternoon? Power through that wall with Built Go. Whether it's a mental wall, a physical wall, break through it with Go every day. It's a small packet, one and a half ounces, very easy to take. Put it in your glove compartment, in your pocket, in your backpack, in your briefcase, in your golf bag to power through the back nine. And Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like an energy drink without the same crash of his over-sugared beverage, and it's good for you. It's natural. It's better for your body. Three delicious flavors of Built Go. Peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. They are filled with protein, collagen protein specifically because it's fast-absorbing, gets in your system fast, and it's easy on the stomach. Beta-alanine, B vitamins, honey, and a little kick of caffeine. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Man, two days in a row. Yesterday it was Matt at Williamson NFL. Today it's Chris at Chris Rabon just disrespecting the Browns. The, the Browns fans, <laughs> listeners out there saying, look, we're 5-3. and three. You can't lump us in as a middling team with the 2-6 and six Texans. I uh. I mean, I would just like to say this because I know there's people out there that probably haven't heard me before and will go follow me on Twitter. And every week I, I kind of do a piece or I just kind of do a deep dive on a different team. And this week I actually talked about the Steelers, uh, Matt. So um, if you want to check it out, I'm, I'm curious as your oh, thoughts. But I, I just talked about how the Steelers right now, their offense is very middling. It's it's about 15th in DVOA. Since the Steelers made the Super Bowl, actually, the 22 teams to go to the Super Bowl since, only two have been below 7th offensive DVOA like so the Steelers like if they don't get this offense together like their de that defense could go to waste especially when you consider you have to go through the Chiefs but uh, I, I just want to say like people out there think that like we're out here uh we have some like kind of vendetta against any team that we <laughs> go against it's like no it's like we're literally trying to make money betting like we bet on different teams every week we're just trying to uncover interesting things that can help other people out like there's something bad to say about every team and there's something good to say about every team like no one has a vendetta uh, against your team 
<laughs> Before we get to the fourth pick here, there you said something else interesting about that game with the Browns, and you talked about running the ball, and it's not as uh, indicative of the W's as throwing the football. Can yep. you explain that a little bit more for some listeners? Because you always hear the stat where it's like, hey, if we run the ball X number of times, we win this many games. Yeah, it's it's completely rubbish. Uh, essentially, what happens is, uh, yeah, right. It's so what happens is when you get a lead in a ball game, uh, you will run the football more to bleed the clock, and that's why the teams that win have more rushing attempts. And yes, running helps to the extent that yards per play is a predictor of point differentials. But think about it this way: what's the difference between a good running team and a bad running team? Like three point five yards per carry and four point five yards per carry. Teams run the ball for that to matter. Right, because teams run the ball about 40% of the time on average in the NFL, and and it's going down. Why do you think it's going down? Uh, If you just want to talk correlations for people that maybe would understand it better this way, I'll I'll put it this way. The passing game, if you look at like yards per attempt, net yards, anyone, you know, one of those various metrics, the correlation will be uh, in the 60s out of 100, like 0.6 or so, uh, depending on the metric in the year and the the sample size. Uh, The run game will be – uh, about 0.1 to 0.15, so it's about four to five times more impactful uh, to the to the to the point differential. So that's why you know, yeah, the Browns are gonna, absolutely going to run, uh, and they've and they've been able to do this all year, and yet it hasn't really been that impressive. So you know, just keep that in mind. Yeah, if the Browns run like crazy, that's great. But if Hopkins hits Fuller over the top for an 80 yarder and a 60 yarder, well, that erases a lot of those runs. Exactly. And then and you also can't run if you get down. And uh, I think one of the we, West talked about things is and this is true of a number of teams, but the Browns defense just hasn't been good. I mean, you, you give up 38 to the Ravens, 30 to the Bengals. Uh, the football team scoring 20 was even kind of above expectation for them. 38 to the Cowboys, uh, you know, 38 to the to the Steelers. 34 to the Bengals again you gave up 32 on average <laughs> to the Cincinnati Bengals and then in in a wind game you 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 got outscored 16 to 6 by you got outscored by 10 in a game that favored you at home in the wind against a bad run defense and a team that gets zero pressure a team yep. that that plays in the desert too Right, yeah. A te- Derek oh, Carr. Way, yeah. Derek Carr was the best runner, in, like in in that game. <laughs> like he was, he was, he's like like laying out for first downs. I mean, come on. <laughs> and the and Texans, now the, of course, the Browns are going to win by like thirty now that right. I've said all this. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we spent too much time on that. Yeah, and and Texans fans out there just got sad, Matt, because you uh, Freudian slip there. You said Hopkins to Fuller, and just a reminder to them that they don't have oh, Andre Hopkins anymore. Yeah. yeah, Watson. Uh, Watson. Uh, that that's. That's the X factor, too, with the Texans. It seems like you shouldn't be able to count them out of any game because they have the better quarterback in most of these matchups. Where are we at here? We are on pick four in the Sunday six-pack for the Action Network. Chris, who you got? The uh, Chargers. The Chargers, uh, two-and-a-half-point dogs. One of these – these are are the – I, I call. I'm starting to call until they cover. I'm going to call uh, Anthony Lynn, D'Anthony Quinn, because I, I don't know what he's, <laughs> I don't know what, what's going on here. But the Chargers have uh, they're they're a lot better than their record shows. Um, they have been, as we've seen, in the game or, or with a lead in the fourth quarter against uh, the Chiefs, the Bucks, the, uh, the the Saints, like all these powerhouse teams. The Chargers have stayed right there, so. Uh, now you look at this game, Miami has scored, uh, I think it's what, three to four, three or four uh, off like defense special teams touchdowns over the past couple of weeks. Uh, they're a good team as well, but uh, going on the road here with the Chargers, uh, plus two and a half, 
they like this is an evenly matched kind of game. Both of these teams are, I think, better than public perception. Miami's not this, you know, rebuilding team from last year, uh, and the Chargers aren't this like two and six team, even though that's their record. Like they're not their their quality of play is a lot higher. Uh, Justin Herbert has been uh, excellent, and uh, just a, like a play here, play there, the Chargers could easily be six and two. So going with them as the as a dog in a, in a coin flip game. They'll probably lose by one. Probably, yeah. <laughs> with, with, it, hey, as long as they, I mean, and and it's interesting because they had. It, I mean, you really have to start looking at, at Anthony Lynn, and you know, oh, it's awful it, because. And, and, and granted, he's not. He's he, he's. I don't. He's not the offensive coordinator at Shane Steichen, but you know, Lynn is, has an offensive background. Uh, run, run, uh, running backs coach, I believe, in the past. And but you saw the end of that Chargers game. Like the the one one of the biggest things, especially in the analytics community, that that is frowned upon, and and even kind of the mainstream is getting wind of it. Goal line fades are just inefficient, and they they throw two goal line fades. Uh, in the it's, it's to end the game in that loss against the Raiders, I get that they were trying to target Isaiah Johnson, but those plays are simply inefficient. I mean, to, to throw to Donald Parham, and I'm an XFL guy. I I, I love Parham. He was like my number te one in XFL yeah. for fantasy. But like, <laughs> this is not who you throw to at the end of the game when I go on fade to win it. Yeah, right. Right. Wow. His clock management's bad. He continues to you know first and ten runs to Josh Kelly instead of letting Herbert cook you know whatever term you want i mean use your talent it makes me crazy i mean he's a running backs coach he probably doesn't right, know the right. correlations <laughs> that's true yeah he's like he's trying to get to that number of rushes in a game he's yeah. like that's the double absolutely oh and you, you the thing is we're joking but we're probably not wrong it might not be yeah that's old school coach you lose yeah. close games and i think history's shown I, I always bring this up i mean if you reverse the chargers one score games last year that have been 11 and 5 i mean yeah this isn't new yeah. And, and I mean, at least last year they had an excuse. Philip Rivers' decision-making is, is right. you know, horrid. Like, Herbert is actually pretty decent. Like, you know, he's just doing what they tell him to do. He's a rookie. You can't expect him to, like, call the plays in the huddle. You're convincing me on that one. I looked at that and I thought, yeah, I like the way the Dolphins are playing right now. They can win by a field goal. But uh, you bring a lot to the table, Chris, and that's why we have you on every Thursday. <laughs> All right. I, and no, just to say, I like the Dolphins, too. I appreciate it. And I, I, I like, I think going forward, because, again, we – on this podcast, people probably like, ah, you're betting on one team one week and you're betting on like the team you're betting against. Like going forward, keep an eye out for the Dolphins, well-coached team and a lot better than, than people think. Yeah. Pick number five in the week 10 Sunday six pack is? Arizona Cardinals, the team on the other end of that uh, Dolphins game. Uh, listen, the Bills, I, I, they're another team that I think is getting a little bit overrated now that they're seven and two. And of course they knock off the mighty Seahawks last week, but you look at the Bills in, in, in that game and coming into that game, what was going on with Buffalo? They were struggling in the pass game. They barely beat the Patriots. They get a late fumble. They barely beat the Jets the week before. Uh, you know, they get you know, the, the Jets' uh, first cover of the year comes against the Bills. They play the Seahawks, and Russell Wilson uncharacteristically turns it over four times. That almost never happens. They get some short fields. They get the one of the worst, if not the worst, pass defenses in the league. They put up 44 they win. They still get 34 scored on them, and they win by 10. Uh, and now they're going to Arizona. It's just a huge letdown spot. Arizona game they should have won. You know, Bills coming the other way. You know, from the East Coast down there. Uh, Arizona has been putting up points. Uh, you know, 30 points in four straight games. And you know, Buffalo. I think you know everyone's going to put up 
huge numbers on Seattle. So I just think the public perception is off. And this game was down to minus one. Uh, at worst, I think you look at these two teams, I think you have to rate them pretty evenly. It's just like the, the Browns and the, and the Texans. The Texans are the better team in overall DVOA. The Cardinals are the better team than the Bills in overall DVOA. And remember, that's that's schedule adjusted. That strength of schedule adjusted. They have had some common opponents. Uh, so you look at these two teams, and I think you know the Bills are going to be a little bit overrated coming off that big uh, win against the Seahawks, huge letdown spot. And don't look now. Don't look now. But Kyler Murray actually playing a little better than Russell Wilson right now so uh it's gonna be a tough test for for the bills and and josh allen was struggling before he played that spaghetti defense so the bills are seven and two which is awesome but they've only outscored their opponents by nine points this year that's hard to do meanwhile arizona's played one fewer game and they've outscored their opponents by 54 points this year yep uh i mean it most of it was against dallas but yeah no you're exactly no you're exactly right like my uh in my personal model i have this number uh, about arizona by three and a lot of it is i do take schedule adjusted point differential into account even after you do adjust for strength of schedule yeah you do find that the cardinals are about in terms of straight up margin of victory after you adjust it for sos uh, about four points better than the bills and and that's big because remember the bills are going on a road now I was on Seattle last week. I was wrong, but that was at home for the Bills. They're going on a road now, um, and you're getting a minus one. Um, It might be up to minus two at some books, but um, I I just think it's a great buy low on the Cardinals after the public might be a little too enamored with Buffalo. I don't know who to give the quarterback edge to, though. Kyra Murray. (laughs) I I love Murray a ton, but, man, Allen Allen was really good last week and in the first month of the season. Everyone's good against the Seahawks, though. I like, hear you. I hear you. I mean, because I, mean, I mean, no, he was good early on, and he's. I like Allen a lot too. But I mean, Kyler is is playing unbelievably right now, and like the running for him, like you don't usually see that. Like, it's remarkable. He, I, I, you know, my fantasy projections. I'm sure you, you you've come across this too, Matt. It's like, like you know, quarterback rushing yards per carry. You try to be careful because a guy like Murray, he's already getting like nine, 10 carries. You don't want to give him like a super high number, but every week, you know, I try to regress his yards per carry to the mean and he goes for like double the amount of rushing yards. Yeah. Like it, 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 he, he's a weapon. I, I keep calling him Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, he's short and just when he takes off, it's, you know, doesn't look like anybody else out there. Yeah. The line I mean, he's, the, he's the Lamar of this year. He, if Kyler yeah. keeps playing like this, and they beat the Bills, and, and let's say, you know, the, the Niners kind of uh, and, and Rams maybe kind of knock each other out, and the Seahawks and, and Cardinals are kind of similar in record. Kyler in that MVP discussion, too, right along with Russ and Aaron Rodgers and, and Mahomes. Let's finish this up strong, Chris. The final selection for your Week 10 Sunday six-pack. The New York Giants plus three and a half uh, against the Eagles at home. This one is an interesting one because you look at the Giants and you look at their margins of defeat uh, this season, and they have they've been within uh, three four points in all of their last. Let's see, what is it? All of their last five games: 30, 37, 34, They lose, win twenty to nineteen, lose twenty two twenty one, lose twenty five twenty three, win twenty three twenty. So they've been kind of playing these close games. Uh, against the Eagles. Uh, I think the Eagles, you know, coming off a bye, maybe uh, will be a little bit better. But Carson Wentz has been Daniel Jones in a green jersey this year. It's the same story with these turnovers. Uh, So just take the hook on 
a game that is kind of could go either way, I think, in terms of the the, the number, but taking the hook with the three and a half uh, for the Giants. You wouldn't touch. I get the impression if it was two and a half, you would not be interested. No, I would. I mean, this okay. was actually Stucky's pick. Uh, we, we traded, so we do a little draft, and he, he he was like, "If you let me get the Eagles at uh, uh, at the Giants at three and a half, I'll give you the Ravens Patriots under because we do a favorite over under." And okay. I don't really like any totals this week except that under. So I was like, "Okay, you could have it," but but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a t- it's kind of a, a tough one, but uh, the Giants have been keeping it close. I will say that. So you know, you, that's the, the margins are small when when you're doing this. Great stuff, Chris. You guys can find him on Twitter at Chris Raybon. You can find all of his work at the Action Network. Always a pleasure, Chris. Thank you so much. And we'll keep track of these and hopefully we stay in the money. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure and good luck.